0: Look, you can either have a show or a theme song, but you can't have both. What's up, world? You are now listening to another episode of the Power Post Game Report, where we talk about all things power. You are currently joining us for Book 4, Force Firestarter. I, of course, am one half of your host, Triple D, and with me, as always, is... This is Carlos D. What's good, world? How you doing, sir? Can't complain, man. Another week in the books, another episode of... Power, I think this was episode number three, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So we're about a third of the way through. I'm assuming this will be 10 episodes like the most Power series. So about a third of the way through an introduction of a a old character in a new environment. Uh, So, uh, you know, how'd you feel about it? Got me a quick overview of the episode Um, in general? Yeah, this was cool, but it was flimsy. There was some flimsiness in there for me. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to it, but what did? What about you? Uh, the same. I mean, this is another episode where I don't think a lot really happened. I mean, things happened, but it wasn't anything to me interesting or particularly memorable in this particular episode. I don't think they really built the world much. Uh, they kind of have town me go through some adventures, but it wasn't really anything that I was like, mm, this is really earth shattering or, you know, mind blowing to me, so it was just a kind of uh, ant episode, in my opinion. If I had to give it a grade, I'm like, oh, it was average. You got to see. Hmm. He didn't do nothing extra special, but, you know, he still passed. I, I'm, I, I'm wondering if, like, some of the pacing in this episode and some of the decisions they made, I'm wondering if this is due into, you know, due in part to, like, nowadays, you don't know if your shit's going to get canceled. Like, if they're just going to let you get one off and they just be like, on second thought, we're not going to continue you because they, they jumped. Well, I'm not even going to say they jumped the gun, but like they kind of rushed a few points that had to actually, you know, that had to obviously happen, but the way it was delivered, it just kind of felt like, all right, we need to hurry up and get to this particular point in so-and-so's relationship because just in case we don't get a second season, which it's a little baffling to me. If this was their, you know, the reasoning behind the way some of the pacing in this episode went. Um, but if, if that wasn't the motivation, then they gotta, they gotta tighten up a little bit. Um, but Hey, you know what you came for. You came for the deep dive and we ready to do it. You you good? You good? Yeah, I'm ready, man. Let's get into it, it. All right. So we pick up literally right where the last episode closes. Uh, Tommy finding the brick singular. And uh, pretty much he a complete tone shift from (laughs) events of the the end of last episode where uh, he's he's concerned. You know, he's 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 concerned for her well-being, gives her a beer for for the swelling that he caused, Um, presses her out like, who does this belong to? Um, And she proceeds to not really say who, but uh, she took it off someone she killed. And uh, comes to find out that there are nine more bricks. Um, and they just kind of immediately go right into business, mm-hmm. like, it, it, like Tommy has a you know the 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 one eighty. Um, that was the first of the like. Well, that's like it doesn't even like he didn't even I don't know I guess his his sales pitch was you either work with me or I kill you. But like it. It just felt a little off to me. Just just a bit. What did you think? Uh, I, I agree. I mean, it was like they went from uh, damn damnly killing each other to now they're being business partners for no real reason. Like, why does Tommy, if he's at the point of about to kill her, why does he need her help? He can just take the drugs from her and kill her and keep on moving on. Why does he need her as a partner? Uh, So it didn't really make sense logically as to where they were in the episode before where they were literally at each other's throats about to kill each other. And then now for no real rhyme or reason, they're business partners. Um, So uh, uh, this is one of those things that had me scratching my head because it's like, I I just don't understand. I don't understand what he gets out of being her business partner. Uh, it's uh, It's not like she has a pipeline to these drugs. She clearly made it known that she stole the drugs from somebody else. So it's not like she, he needs her around. So when these 10 bricks are gone, she'll be able to replace them with something else. Uh, So, I I didn't understand the rationale behind it. So, yeah, it didn't make sense. So, we get a quick scene with Vic down at the precinct, bailing out the crew. Um, (laughs) We got the black lady cop on the (laughs) Mm come-up. Got her little cut. Uh, It's like, damn. Like, you never want to applaud shady police work. But also... It's a TV show, so... Yeah, it's a TV show, and it's it's an old... It's an old black lady, you know. I, I'm not gonna be mad at the old black lady getting a little come up. I'm pretty sure a lot of these officers uh, have done way worse for for way less. Because mm-hmm. um, as we find out, uh, there the, our guy, our nameless police officer, who's now named uh, Officer Bennigan or Detective Bennigan, um, he is the Flynn's guy in the precinct, mm-hmm. um, and we we learn that someone is pretty much dropping the hammer on uh, Flynn's men and it's, it's higher than the police. We find out that it's, somehow it's an alderman. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also kind of find out that this cop, although crooked, he's not afraid. You know what I'm saying? He, he's like, look, I do what you pay me to do, but you don't really run me, mm-hmm. which is a bold thing to say to any mob family. Yeah, I think it's more, uh, that was a more uh, indication of the sun. Like, if the dad was giving him the same conversation, he wouldn't have that mouth for the dad. But mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of showcasing that the son, um, even though he is an extension of the family, he doesn't get the same respect on the street as his dad would get. And oh, yeah. I think that's what that was that point in, in this particular episode. Because you're right, normally, cop or no cop, you wouldn't talk reckless to a, a family that, you know, as is, is dangerous they make the flames seem to be, he wouldn't have been talking that recklessly if, they, if he respected the son um as they do the father so i think that i think that was the whole point of the episode not episode that uh scene was to kind of showcase the son doesn't have that that connection with the street um, you you can anymore. you can make the argument that it kind of was the point of the episode because it happens again later on where vic gets pretty much disrespected like flat out so like i think you you're right on point with that um because i i i didn't fully land on that but it that makes perfect sense and especially when we you know when we get to the whole thing with colin later on but um yeah like that makes perfect sense that like this is really showcasing that he he definitely is respected but not as not he's not revered Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's definitely a strong strong point um and i'm sorry i think i I feel like i cut you off no no no, that's all i'm good all right um so from there we go back to Tommy's loft, the new loft, where um, I was a little caught off guard the way the scene opened up. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> I was like, why? I was like I ain't complaining but I was like well, why ain't you wear your clothes at? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, smart, realistic to a degree um, of one of those reasons why you in like you know drug related movies, um, the other reason why they usually have a bunch of people, usually women and sometimes men, like in their underwear. Uh, Usually it's because they, they kind of illustrate that they don't want to, they don't want them stealing. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is actually the first time I heard the explanation of, you don't want this shit to get in your clothes. And I was like, I've never, and you know, I've seen a bunch of movies involving like drug trafficking and stuff like that. I've never heard that explanation and it made perfect sense. Um, What didn't make much sense was the fact that Tommy kept his clothes on, even though he kind of heeded the warning. Uh, it's like, dude, you really only have like three shirts and two pairs of pants. Uh, but we get a, we get a real interesting scene where these two are pretty much just kind of, you know, talking it out and we get Tommy still morning ghost, which I appreciate that. They, they threw that in, um, we get, you know, on, on top of the, <laughs> the drug cutting lesson that was, was interesting. Uh, but we we see that she apparently Liliana apparently does this with other has been you know cutting with for other crews uh so you know i guess that's kind of how she's been supporting herself in chicago mm-hmm. uh but we also get their their business terms which ends with Tommy giving a a 50-50 which the the whole delivery of that was just ominous <laughs> like yeah good luck with that well how did you feel about the scene uh, i mean you know, like I said, he ends up with them going, going to be 50 50 but we know that didn't really last because he was still making all the decisions when it came to their product uh she seemed to have later in the episode an alternative plan for the drugs um but tommy made it known that while we may be partners it's not really a partnership in the eyes as to what they're going to do with it um uh, so you know it, it, it was a fun scene I think part of it was just kind of giving some TNA. They didn't really give her nude or anything like that, but they just kind of give her you know, she's a, a lovely woman with a nice figure so I think that was the point of it all. Um, and I think it also led to a funny con, a little funny back and forth what he thought. I don't know if he thought it, but he makes the comment where, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know, you know, I'm not really interested in you like that. And she was like, the same, right. hey, I don't fuck white boys. So uh, I, I think it was a good scene in, in a bunch of ways in the fact that they set up their partnership. A little bit more explanation behind it. I and mean, it was a nice tribute to Ghost in the sense that, for the most part, since he's been dead, all the other characters really pretty much shit on him. Uh, so this was Tommy kind of showing some respect for him that even though they had their differences, he still considers him a brother and he still is in mourning for the loss um, uh, you know, of a lifelong friend. So well, Great. Um, although it, it, it wasn't you know obviously on the same level for her i do like the the fact that she also you know kind of made the toast to him because she wouldn't really be alive if it wasn't for ghost you know this is you know for as much as like you said a lot of these characters stay trying to shit on ghosts um, and that's one of the things like how he was obviously flawed and obviously a scumbag but Every character on this show, with the exception of Yaz, was a scumbag. Uh, We thought Big Mama was clean until season two uh, (laughs) of of, uh, Ghost. But it's just a reminder because people tend to forget because the narrative has been been, like Ghost has been the devil. Mm -hmm. When, again, you got to realistically look at it. All this dude is wanted was to kind of do the right thing he, he wanted he did his best to leave that life behind yeah he did some terrible things along the way but like he he could have he could have let her get killed you know what i mean but he he had julio send her away you know what i mean he didn't have to do that like she she wouldn't be there with right now had it not been for ghost showing some compassion a little a little bit of humanity um so i i appreciated that you know she she paid her respects at you know, at least mm-hmm. on top of everything you said. Um so we get we get brother talk in two two little halves. And we'll we'll go with the first half. Uh with, you know, JP apparently uh fixing up grandma's house and they're trying to figure out if they're gonna sell it or what. I got a feeling like I got a feeling Tommy's just gonna end up keeping it or something like that, um, in the end. But uh, most importantly is uh, he's he's apprehensive about this money because he he you know, he knows that it's not for real legit money. And money like that, that's constantly coming in is going to raise red flags Um, and Tommy's his whole thing is, okay. what's your price? To to pretty much stop asking questions and you can we can take this weight off. Um, And he came up with a very specific number. And I'm wondering if that was the number to what he like, the number in his head to like completely renovate the house, or if that's the money to just straight up buy and own the house. Um, How did you feel about that? That quick back and forth? Yeah, I I don't think it's necessarily to do with the house. I think this is the money he needs to kind of get his life together as far as the bar. And I don't think they need 200,000 just to fix that house up. I think it's $200,000 to get his life straight. And I think Tommy, unless I'm misreading, I think Tommy was just kind of setting up what he can do for his brother to get his brother in a better situation overall, not just with regard to grandma's house. Because uh, remember, the brother also made it clear that he was in debt when it came to the bar. They struggling to keep that place open. Uh, so I think he's just that's that's the total that will probably sh- keep his life good altogether. You know all around and, and he probably has such a specific number because maybe that's how much he owes on like the I don't know business and mortgages or whatever he owes when it comes to maybe owning the bar outright or something whatever it may be because he, he like I said he was really really specific when it came to the number I think it was like 196,000 and some Like he had it down to the dollar yeah Uh, so that's more than just renovations on the house renovations on the house wouldn't be so precise this makes it seem like he has a specific debt and that's the amount he owes when it comes to paying that debt so, and you know, for all Tommy, it, Tommy is really committed. And, I mean, it's really weird because Tommy is super committed to this guy and this brother that he's known for all of about not even a week. Um, so, you no, know, it's just very bizarre. And then the last thing about this scene that kind of threw me off was he came to the brother's house. He bought two pizzas. He took one slice of pizza and, and then and he not. left. But <laughs> why <laughs> who brings two slices? Of, who needs two pizzas for two people? two full pizzas for two people and then you take one slice and then you leave immediately like where is he going when they were clearly planning to have some type of a dinner or something together uh, so it'll, maybe it's just kind of like how the show wants to play itself and they don't want to get caught bogged down in scenes uh, right. but i just found it very odd that he came and left so quickly All right. All right. so from these brothers we go to the brothers samson Gennard and and diamond heading to a little local baseball park. And I appreciate, I, I liked, we're going to go ahead and combine both scenes, mm-hmm. um, just in the interest of time. But I, I like the conversation that they were having. And it it was pretty much Jannard's plan or his his vision of like, let's let's fix this park up. You know, the, the people on the white side of town, they got a nice park. Why can't we? And I was, it really, I was like, I like that because it's like, he's not completely lost to the street. Like, he, you know, it's just not about the drugs and the shoot up and all that. He actually does want to give back. I appreciated Mm. that. Um, And we get a little quick, you know, thing from diamond where he just kind of expresses how, how much, just how much he was cut off from. And uh, while he was inside, Um, I think they, they, I want to say they referenced. um, I want to say they referenced the Cubs winning the world series a few years back yeah um, and the fact that he he didn't get to see it mm-hmm. because he lost his tv privileges which i was just like it's a nice touch and also damn like you you went to jail in chicago and even with your lost tv privileges like that i'm surprised they didn't someone didn't have a scrooge change or grinch change of heart and just be like look i know you ain't got tv privileges but you you know what i'm saying you from here you need to see this you know what i'm saying but Hey, the the the, the corrections—they <laughs> don't play no games. Clearly, um, anything on that before we before I go ahead and just tie in the second scene. No, no, no. So you can tie them up. Okay, I think that was just kind of like a little brotherly banter, right? The, and then the thing came in the second part of the scene. Yeah, the the brotherly banter takes a hard right turn, uh, where you know Jannard's just he, just generally asking, you know what's the plan? Like, what are we going to do with, uh, with the white boy? Like, are you still messing with him? Like what, what's the goal here? And diamond it's, he's kind of like, Hey man, like uh, we off the clock right now. Let's, let's just, let's just do this. Like, let's just have fun with this. You know what I'm saying? We ain't done this in a while. Let's just have like, let's not talk business over dinner. You know what I mean? Which leads to Janard just snapping. And, like, the, it was just random aggression where he just snaps. He wasn't really, like, I don't feel like Diamond, like, pressed any buttons or poked. Like, it didn't feel like he said anything that would have touched a nerve. Jannar just snaps. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the boss. Like, I don't care what you think. Like, this is what it is. And I was just like, dude, this had to happen eventually. But this doesn't feel natural at all. It just, it felt like, like. Like they made the character bipolar, even though I know that's not the case. What did did you feel about that scene? Uh, I think we kind of talked about this the last week. Um, You knew this was going to come at some point because Diamond has been away. And while he was away, you know, his brother has been holding it down. He's become the man. Um, So it's hard to go back to the subservient role when you've been the last 15 years making sure the business is still up and running. Um, So, you know, you knew this was going to come. I agree that it came in like an awkward moment. Um, I think it would have been, he, their, their entire interactions throughout this entire episode, even, you know, I don't know, we'll get to it when we get to the later episode, and, and, and the physical altercation they got to was very bizarre. Um, they just, I feel like the pacing in between these two haven't been, hasn't been as good. Um, you know, I think prior to his brother coming home, they would have had conversations leading up to this, that it wouldn't have been some big shock that, just because you're home, things aren't the way they they, they used to be. And you aren't just kind of automatically the man because you used to be the man. Um, but it, clearly, they didn't have those types of conversations. And it's made it for an awkward situation. Uh, I agree that they didn't do this. They didn't execute this the best way. Because um, they, they went from like kind of a jolly thing to an extreme reaction from the little brother. Um, so, I think they could have better played that out. But ultimately, it was going to happen one way or another. Uh, you can't just start sonning of somebody who's been the boss and act like the last 15 years don't matter. And, and I think kind of the brother, Diamond, kind of does that. Um, He makes it seem like I should be the boss again just because I'm back home and ignoring all the brother did to kind of do it. So they should have probably had to come with a better plan to work, see it be moving forward, uh, but just Diamond calling all the shots, especially when he is not committed to, he doesn't seem to be as committed to the lifestyle as he used to be. Like he's still down to do the hustling and stuff, but he wants to do it in a way that may not be sustainable, sustainable in the modern times or the times they live in now. Um, so not the best executed, but uh, I think it was a scene that that was important to show that they do have some type of uh, discourse between the two of them. So they could have did better, though. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that part. Yeah, it, it was just it was jarring. Like mm-hmm. he went from like hearing himself, like man, like look, I don't. He, he did kind of play him off. Like, I don't need to answer your questions, but like, he just like snapped. Um, but we, we see that they're being watched by uh, Ben mm-hmm. I think I'm saying his name, right? So uh, in between this scene, back at uh, the, <laughs> at Tommy's uh, headquarters, the Batcave, cave, um, he's going over his, his plan where he's pretty much got the two major players zoned off. Um, and he realizes that the, the untapped area, the untapped sources are the blocks that nobody really runs. There's like, there's little crews here and there. And he feels like he figures that, you know, if we could take that over, that should make us big enough players to where we can, we can really go toe to toe or be on par with CBI and the Flins. Um, one scene, well, one part of this scene, I should say that kind of stuck out to me was... Um, they're, <laughs> they're, they're quote unquote coffee, uh, their breakfast of champions. Um, this is the first time we've seen Tommy like do coat since he, he was like off the rails, uh, when Holly was still alive. Uh, the other thing with that, with that same sentiment is I had this feeling because she was super kind of gung ho about it. I got this feeling that the Liliana's drug use is going to be an issue at some point. That's just my theory. Mm-hmm. What, what how did you feel about that episode? Uh probably. I mean, I, I, would, I would assume she seemed very eager to sample it, and then also wanted to sample it even more. So, uh, I don't know how into she is, but I think you're right. I think Tommy has been kind of off the stuff. Uh, he did get pretty bad around the time of Holly and the time and the immediate time after. But we already haven't seen him being, you know, coked out like we had seen her in the past, you know, he dibbled and dabbled, And I think right now, as much as you can have a relationship with cocaine or drugs and, and and be functional, it doesn't seem to be effective for him, but I agree. I think Liliana might have more of an issue with drugs than, than Tommy um, knows or is willing to tolerate, but you know, we got to see how it plays out. Indeed. Indeed. So back at Papa Flynn's house, we get family time and, uh, I mean, all the, the, the same old story stuff aside, uh, yes, Claudia is still trying to push, you know, um, her way into a bigger role. Um, and, uh, father Flynn has, he's got a role for her. he pretty much puts her in the, in the honeypot role where her, her job is to go get this alderman off their back. Um, and I thought it was interesting that, Uh, the father's vision for it was go ahead, go with like a warning. You know what I mean? And, but the brother's like, nah, go get a number and we'll, you know, so we don't have to keep doing the back and forth shit. Go get a number and see what's up. But more specifically, uh, he, he's going the, the Monet slash Diana route. It was like, use what you got, dress the part, uh, play the part. And uh, get this taken care of. Mm. Um, any any thoughts on that scene? Nah, I, mean, I just always find these scenes creepy when uh, a parent is uh, pimping out their daughter. Uh, I mean, son or daughter it doesn't matter, but it's normally women that yeah. they're like pimping out, and it's like they seem justified in this, and, and, and it's just weird to me. So I, you know, the whole scene was just kind of yuck to me. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah. um, from there we get a we get a quick scene at Gloria's mother's tombstone. Uh, I was just gonna kind of breeze through this. Yeah, go uh, ahead. It was yeah. I mean, not much happened, if you unless you really are interested in this Gloria uh, Flynn thing, which I'm not overly interested in it. Right. Um, I, I would be probably more interested in if we didn't Harper fully like involved with the main star of the show. Like, Flynn is right. not a, like a likable a character. Their relationship is not something I really care about, especially since it's so tied with racism. And you know, I'm, I'm not a black. You know, as, you know, as a, a person of color. I'm not actively rooting for a person from a racist family to get with a black person or, or a person of color, so mm-hmm. their scenes together really do nothing for me personally. But you know, um, I'm not gonna say it doesn't do anything for me. It's I find it it's a little intriguing. Um, you know, he bought he bought his mother and her mother a new headstone. Um, I think it shows more and more that he does genuinely like care about her. Um, I think this is it's it's a it's a weird, not a weird, not a weird, a a different take on the Romeo and Juliet thing um, where he genuinely like I said, he genuinely does want to be with her. Her thing is she wants him to take up for her. um, But also it's like I like him being in this life. It's a lot. You know, it sounds good. But him knowing that, like, he you know, it could, it could easily be a rap for him. And by a rap I don't mean like his way of life. Like he could, he could mess around and be killed. Not necessarily by his father, but some other person in, you know, in the mob, that's just like, nah, you, we feel like you got to go. Um, So it's like, I kind of see his, his, his hesitancy on one. If, you know, if this thing really did get hot with me wanting to be with you, the last thing I'd want to do is put you in the line of fire um because yeah love can get you far but love can't stop too many bullets you know what i'm saying um so that i mean that that's the only thing that kind of intrigues me is that like he does genuinely like care for her it's not like some it doesn't well aside from the whole i'm keeping the key thing it's not it doesn't seem super controlling like he's actually kind of like letting her live even though he's salty about Tommy and everything um but you know obviously that's, we know it's not going to happen. Um, at this point, the question is when does he, when does he turn her, when does he turn his back on the possibility of that relationship and put her in the category of, well, she can get these bullets too. And how do we get to that point? Um, so we get the Flynn meeting and, uh, <laughs> we, I I got paulie our guy, our, our right hand man, the, the, uh, the voice of reason, Paulie, it was the guy from episode one. Um, I like that he shot his shot, at Liliana. I thought it was hilarious, and she said, "Maybe if you shave the mustache, mm-hmm. dude." If we get at some point in the season or series where he just ups and shaves the mustache, I'm gonna be weak. I yeah. would love a callback like that. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, that'd be a funny quick twist if they don't really explain it, but all of a sudden he just doesn't have a mustache anymore. Uh, That'll be definitely a funny, funny um, circumstance. So, uh, yeah, you and I on the same page when it come to that. Yeah. So we get Tommy pitching, for lack of a better word, like for lack of better, he he was able to pull off what Claudia couldn't. Um, this, of course, tying into Papa Flynn's uh, sexism on top of his racism. Um, that was the other thing about the whole thing: his relationship with uh with Glow. And like when he's talking about working with CBI later on, he, while he knows what his family is and he knows how the Irish, you know, the Irish mob gets down. I, I think he genuinely Vic, the character genuinely isn't racist. He's, he's doing what, what, you know, what the, the life is dictating, but like his willingness to want to, you know, work with CBI and not really having an issue with black people, um, but seeing them more as the the competition as opposed to like i hate black people like his father mm-hmm. um and polly as we find out later uh but like i said we we see that tommy was able to pull off what what claudia couldn't you know from the from the male privilege and got him to actually listen to a different source of income uh my favorite line was um like i you who are you fooling we know you can't tell the difference between Black BLM and BET. Uh, love that. Mm-hmm. How, how did you feel about that? I mean, like I said, it, it was a cool scene. Uh, I still don't understand. It's another thing that I don't really understand. It's like he he told him to leave town, and then now he's like done nothing to kind of enforce that. So I don't understand why they're so open and willing to deal business with, um, with Tommy when they don't know anything about him. They don't know where he came from, anything along those lines. So. I don't think they've done enough to build a story as to why he would trust this guy or even be willing to do any business with him. Other than the fact that he uh, technically saved his son, but he also kind of put his son in that position as well, you know, mm-hmm. because he ended up robbing his son. So uh, I- I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to play this out long term. Tommy is just too easily infiltrating this Chicago world of crime. Uh, and and it's just, I mean, I I, I get it. it's a TV show, But it just kind of Takes me out of it Because in realistic times You wouldn't just be This open and willing To talk this kind of business With a person you have No knowledge of uh, Who they are Or what their past history is Uh, So that that part of it Kind of annoys me Um, The scene in general You know It it laid the groundwork For them to kind of Start working together um, Because We have to set this part up To to eventually have The tension that they're Going to have When it doesn't work out And then they go to war Or whatever it may be So Yeah it was cool. Yeah. There's another one of these scenes in this episode, which is kind of like, eh. They're just kind of filling space at points. Right. right. Needed to happen, but I, I appreciate I I like the Polly Liliana stuff more I mean, Oh, that was know. the best part of the whole scene, probably. Yeah, Those two and in. Their, their, you know For lack of a better terms, flirting yeah. was probably the best part of the little interaction. Yeah, their part could have happened over the phone for real, for real. But uh, this breaks way to their first act of business together, and. Um, Seeing if they could move one of the bricks mm-hmm. to a guy named Colin. And uh, on the way to meet Colin, uh, we just, because it's in my notes, we it just further proves, like what you were saying earlier. Vic gets no respect. You want to talk about the <laughs> the meet with Colin and, and Fat Tony? I mean, this is another thing. They've been going to this well too often. Is Tommy ever going to have one business deal that doesn't end in guns ruined or somebody dying? Uh, it's. it's he's not gonna be function how if he kills every person he ever does business with then how is he gonna have any type of business um technically the last meeting was there was no guns it fell through but technically it was a somewhat civil Civil meeting which one was that the very last meeting when uh when vic well not vic when uh when diamond meets with the flins inside a glow's bar Oh, I you mean I, later in this episode? Yeah, actually, that, that was kind actually. of a, a business meeting. It yeah, ain't go the way wanted to. But yeah, every meeting with Tommy ends up with some guns drawn or some type of violent, weird interaction. And, you know, I feel like they've just been doing that a little bit too much for my liking. Um, I mean, it was, the scene is funny in general because you got a coked out dude acting weird. And uh, definitely the interactions with Fat Tony, where he talks about. He was on keto. And and Tony Fat Tony had a couple of funny lines. Um, but just a weird scene to me another situation where I'm like I'm not understanding what's going on um why is it always this crazy commotion and I get it that's what Tommy is he's volatile and and, uh, that's a part of the appeal of the character uh but I just don't see this I I don't see my I'm talking about I don't see myself personally being interested in this kind of scene just playing over and over and over again where every time this man has some type of business deal it doesn't go smoothly it's always some guns drawn it's always some type of shootout um it just doesn't lend itself to being realistic. And so it takes me out of it. But, you know, what do you think of it? Uh, I, Chaotic, funny, um, you know, because you need it in this show. There's no way you're having this, this banter back and forth like this. Um, again, we get like, you know, Vic gets no respect, makes a comment about him. Father, you know, Papa taking off the training wheels, which was already like a dig in itself but then painting Tommy as his babysitter and Vic's reaction to that. um, Of course, the fat Tony stuff was hilarious. And, and the (laughs) fat Tony just flipping like, you know what? I got kids. I don't need this shit. Um, But also like, it was interesting that, well, I mean, not necessarily interesting, but uh, we know, we know that uh, Vic is good to get his hands dirty. He can kind of handle himself. Uh, you know, when they tried when he got the drop on him, but the fact that he, he pulled the trigger. So we know Vic is down to catch a body or two. Um, But yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Like as entertaining as it can be, Tommy has to have at least one successful deal uh, because I'm really thinking about it back to, back to the flagship show. Like, I can't remember too many deals. Tommy either set up or was the head in that, that was a hundred percent successful without some shenanigans. Um, this one, obviously no different, you know, they got to go back to Papa Flynn. Um, but I also found it interesting that like Tommy kind of vouched for Vic, like, no, you boy, the dude, Colin was out of line. So like, you know, he kind of got what was coming to him. Um, anything on that with, uh, with, um, Papa Flynn, just kind of deciding that okay we'll meet with cbi before we get uh, to no nah, i think that the scene itself is much more important than the setup of the meeting right um you want to go into the boxing uh i mean this was another weird way they did this um so you know i think it's approval from Flem to go have a meeting with cbi he goes to meet with the cbi brothers to kind of get let them know about the deal and um once again, uh, I, I was, what's the little brother's name? Jabari? Jannard. Jannard. Uh, it went from a simple kind of like discussion to him just going crazy. Uh, and later we, we learned this all part of his plan. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's why he was so aggressive and so off and weird. Um, but the plan was that he openly challenges his brother for the leadership of CBI. Uh, the only way you can do it is to get the other person to, I guess, submit physically. Uh, and it's an entertaining fight Where uh, the two brothers are oddly Beating on each other in a weird kind of way uh, And I always find it odd when brothers fight uh, You know, there's somebody who has a brother And my brother's a lot younger than I So I wouldn't be fighting him anyway um, But I just never came from a family Where uh, we would talk about each other We would you know, tease and make fun of each other But we never really get into physical fights with each other uh, So whenever I see people who are brothers um, Even though it's a TV show Getting into physical fights It's always a little bit off-putting to me uh, just because it's not from a family that I'm from, and I know you, you know, you're an only child, so you don't have that particular circumstances. Uh, but to me, it's always just odd uh, when 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 the brothers fight. Uh, but it was a it was an entertaining scene. They they had a good go of it. Um, they both uh, I like how they both was equal combatants. It wasn't like just one beat the crap out of the other one. They both gave as good as they got, and then ultimately Diamond Deals come out on top. Um, what that means for CBI, CBI long term, we don't know because we you know. As we learned later, it was all a part of a plot. Um, but what would you think of it in general? Did you, you know, have any strong thoughts about it either way? Um, we're on the same page. It was, you know, I, I get, I get Jannard feeling some kind of way about uh, Diamond being so eager to work with the Flins when they've been kind of at odds since he's been in jail. Um, but again, I mean, obviously we find out as a setup, but like just, the, the execution was off. Him just blowing up, and I guess you know when you know the the uh, whoever owns the, the the gym, the fight gym, you can just you just take off your shoes and get in the ring and beat each other down with bare fists. But it is what it is. But we also see that I think that the 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 thing that I, I kind of liked about this was the 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 rage, but also restraint in Diamond. Because he almost had like you, you could almost see it. Like he had to remind himself that that was his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you see, like he was talking about with Rojas, where it was like it started out as a fight, but I put that dude in a wheelchair. And you know, you see him trying to be a better, a better person. Of like, you know, I he you know he doesn't want to be hyper violent man anymore but i also wonder if this is going to be pre like like uh like pre shadow foreshadowing to him beating Jannard to death with his bare hands like and you know whatever may come from that mm-hmm. um or someone you're going to be someone to death with his bare hands cuz like you could see you could see the rage mode in him um but, you know, like you said, this obviously isn't over because Gennard got the the young hotheads. And, you know, we clearly haven't seen the last of them. That's going to be a whole thing. Um, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh, so we get Claudia <laughs> playing no games whatsoever with this alderman who is doing his best. Uh, the wild part about this this back and forth um, clearly Claudia wasn't there for it. You know, yeah, she dressed apart part or whatever, but she clearly wasn't going to, you know, play it. Mm-hmm. The thing that kind of threw me off, not necessarily threw me off, but weirded me out the way the alderman was talking. It led me to believe that Flynn served up his daughter to him. Like, like this was part of his plan. Like, obviously he, you know, he wanted her. like he told her to kind of sweeten it up, but this this almost sounded like the way he was talking, it kinda sounded like he legit pimped her out. Mm-hmm. Like the like the Alderman knew she was coming to get down with the get down, because that was already predetermined. That that's the way he was talking. Unless, you know, he was just doing a real guy real good job of the creepy the creepy uh <laughs> the creepy, like overly sexual advances. Um but yeah, she she played no games. We we know she's about that that line crossing when she brought his daughter into it um so she got him in check but we'll see if the alderman swings back at some point what did you feel about that scene yeah yeah like i said it's just overly creepy from the alderman dude and i didn't really think about it the way you did it i thought more well, he was just kind of a creepy guy and that's what creepy guys do um but yeah i will be interested to see um if maybe the the, the father did promise certain things um but you know she handled it well um I, 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 as much as I think that it's creepy that he peep them out, I don't know if he will go to the level that actually, he would actually promise sexual favors from his daughter to anybody, though. So I feel like you, as much as he would say, okay, you know, sex sales, I think it's so still so much, especially in certain communities, about the daughters being, like, you know, clean and, you know, virtuous. They wouldn't actually want to pimp their daughters out, but maybe it was the case, you know. I guess we'll find out at some point. Um But, you know, Claudia is definitely an interesting character. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what she does long-term. You saw in this episode she gets more and more independent and she gets more and more fed up with her father's request and the whole family's ideas of her. Um, So I'm I'm interested to see where this character goes long-term. What they have in store for her. Indeed, indeed. It's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, So, we get the big meat and, uh, Tommy can no longer hide (laughs) what he's involved with, with glow because it's at her bar. Mm -hmm. And um, the meat was a, was a flop. Um, It starts off well enough. uh, But this is where I think the best part about this scene, uh, despite the fact that it obviously didn't work out in Tommy's favor, this, this was finally something coming back to bite Tommy. Uh, Tommy's been playing fast and loose. He does not, he feels like he, he's not from here. So he ain't got to play by the local rules. He can blink his, he can make up his own rules. Um, his ignorance to the history of the city was the bit, was the deals undoing. Uh, we learned that, uh, apparently Paulie's wife gets attacked and clearly racism. They just figured, well, obviously it's CBI because they're black. Um, and diamond doing a good job of just being like look you have a right to be upset but that won't us and you still holding the grudge for something that we didn't do um but mainly the main takeaway i got from it was that tommy's you know tommy being the away team and not knowing how how things you know work and how why they they are the way they are around here finally caught up to him and i'm kind of happy it happened this this early in, So hopefully he'll, he'll, you know, still try to do his thing, but hopefully he'll kind of take these things into account where it's like, yeah, you just can't run up into a new playground and take over. Cause that's the way it was, it was, it was heading like, which would have made it even more unbelievable. If this dude just randomly popped up and took over all of Chicago with, by the sixth episode. Um, I'm glad that he hit a hurdle and, because now there's no way these guys are going to work together. Um, what did? How did you feel about that? this particular part of the scene. I, I it was weird. I don't know why they bothered to set the meeting. I guess just to spit in the guy's face. Um, but yeah, I think Tommy was getting a little bit above himself, and, and his thing is that everybody just wants to get money because that's all he cares about is getting money. Not realizing that these people have a deep hatred towards each other uh, for whatever reason. Uh, So I think you're right. I think Tommy just kind of get a little bit ahead of himself and things have been going really, really smooth since he's arrived in Chicago. And this has been like the first kind of chink in that armor or or first uh, derailment of, you know, kind of hiccup that he's run into. Um, So, you know, at this point, now it's just time for him to see how he can bounce back. I'm still also confused about this deal. Uh, I thought the whole purpose was that they had the 10 keys and they were trying to move the 10 keys. But it seemed like he spent more time in this episode not trying to move his 10 personal keys, but instead trying to set up a long-term business deal uh, between the Flins and CBI. Um, so I don't know if a part of that deal would have been also offloading his money, I mean, offloading his dope, uh, or if he just wants to kind of get the the percentage points that he was requesting um, as a part of kind of setting these two, two, two families together. Um, but that, I mean... It was just weird. I don't know why they went to the meeting just to kind of disrespect, but I guess that was the point, just to show, just to spit in their face. Yeah, we meet with you, but only to kind of shit on you. Um, and I think Diamond had it well. Uh, the Flans seemed much more adamant, agitated and out of character or out of, uh, uh, you know, more angry than Diamond was. He was like, fuck it. I knew this wasn't going to work and he walked out with, you know, with peace and still respect for Tommy, while the, um, the Flans didn't seem to have that same kind of respect for the boy. So we'll see how it goes long term. I think a big part of this scene that was important, I felt was important was Vic really wanting this to work and like trying to chill his dad out. Like, why did you bring this bullshit up? Cause mm-hmm. even he was caught off guard. Um, but obviously not going against his father until it was over. Um, just like, I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. Like, you know, Vic's another character that you're not supposed to root for, but like he actually does seem to have a tiny bit of honor amongst thieves because like he, you know he was the one trying to keep things civil in there um but we also see that even when he was even before he went in diamond was probably more of the he he wasn't he wasn't a hothead obviously he was tough he had to be tough to to run to run things but the fact that he never retaliated because he knew they didn't do it Um, despite the fact that in Flynn's eyes, he looked weak. It actually makes him stronger, the stronger of the two, because he actually did his best to, to not act on, on petty rage without some due diligence, without, you know, knowing who the gun should actually be pointed at, Um, which, you know, this just kind of, uh, kind of just shows that like, yeah, Flynn Flynn thinks that he's he's feared, you know, you're revered, but you're not feared. like we didn't retaliate not because we' are afraid of you or anything, because it wasn't a it, you know why would we why would I jeopardize more of my guy's lives over something over a lie? Um, but from there we we also see that someone else is watching Tommy. I don't know if these are the same I, I don't know if these people are working with Ben again. Were you able to piece that together who these guys were watching? Was it that, that black cop? I thought it was Bennegan. Well, it wasn't him. It was it was no, a was black it? yeah, it was a black guy and a black and a black lady. I don't know if they're cops or if they're like feds or something like that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was him. I must have been paying, halfway paying attention. I thought it was the Bennegan guy, just he just had a partner. But maybe I'm mistaken. I have to look at it again. Uh but definitely somebody's watching it. And I think Tommy definitely peeped that they were watching him. Uh and and, and spotted them. So who they are, I don't know. Uh, that's what I thought it was. The Bennigan dude. So my eyesight is not what it used to be. So um, I don't know. Um, I mean, over time we'll see. But, but you know, if they're watching him, it's no good. So and they and they think he's definitely tied to Flynn, partly because he's a white guy and he just left a meeting with Flynn. Uh, so they definitely got to be either the police or the feds. Uh, somebody who's doing for um, you know, looking to take the Flynn's down. I would assume. Yep. Yep. All right. This quickly uh goes right into. The inevitable. We knew at some point, um, as you called it, uh Claudia and Tommy were gonna we're gonna we're gonna somehow link up. Mm-hmm. And this is we get this scene and an unnecessary pullover in broad daylight, um where they, you know, they business flirt and uh he, he appears to have a new possible business partner. Yeah. Um I mean so she's finally doing what she wanna do. She's uh Yep no longer playing the second fiddle to her family or taking the back seat and she seems to be striking out on her own with her uh, I, guess, I don't know if that lady's or her female partner I guess the lady supplies the drugs and then she kind of puts it out on the streets and uh, you know Tommy's I guess even you know, I don't understand why she doesn't know Tommy from anything she's met him all of one time barely so why she trusts him to move any type of product only God knows uh, but you know we wouldn't have a TV show if the, right. the, main, if the characters in the show didn't interact so I'm right. just chalking up at that. But she seems yeah. to be in business for herself. Um, you know, the biggest thing that's going to come out is that when her father finds out, which he no doubt will at some point, where do we go from there? Is he happy she's making this money? Or does it come to the point where one of them have to, even though they are father and daughter, one has to eliminate the other. So we'll see how it plays out. That's an interesting storyline that we'll see. Um, yeah. The, the long-term ramifications of. so. Yeah, I think. I think for her, it was like kind of her lucky day because she's, she, she comes across this, uh this magic mystery medicine or uh, mas- magic mystery drug that was initially meant for, what was it like? Uh, like a diet pill or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and, you know, because she hasn't been allowed to be in that side of the life, she needs someone. She needs like a bridge into that. And Tommy being as ambitious as he is, He's the perfect, you know, they're, they're the perfect complement to each other because she has she now has another product, um, but she does not know how to, how to move it. And he knows how to move. But at some point, his his supply is going to run low. So now he has another another uh, product to add to to his services. Um, so, yeah, it, we knew it was going to happen. I'm kind of glad this was <laughs> way better executed than the uh, the CBI implosion. Uh, which is the next scene where we get Jannard pretty much just in full on coup mode where, uh, he's gonna split the faction and then take over the faction. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Him, I guess, working from the inside, Trojan horse in it, and you know, on some wrestler shit, selling a dive and whatnot. Um, and yeah, from there, there's not much heavy comes. that we go out with some sex. That, yeah. that was pretty much how this, you know. Nothing else happened. Yeah. They just kind of, yeah. Had one more Tommy and um, Glow meet up. Uh, yeah. and she hit him off the late night with you up. He was like always. And when people hit people up late at night, you know, it means one of one. It usually means one thing. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully yeah. that's what it means. And that's what it led to. So uh, yeah. I'm not going to complain. Uh, like I said, she's an attractive woman. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna complain that they have her naked in the series, right? Uh, but it was kind of just a just an end to episode. They it didn't advance anything, it didn't grow anything as far as the, as far as the storyline goes. Uh, just some gratuitous nudity for the sake of it. So I think, I mean, obviously we like the sex part. I think the thing I like about the way this particular part was played out was because it was almost it was probably like it was real, where she was like, look. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Yes, I know you in some shit. Um, I, I think she clearly has no intentions of getting attached to Tommy for real. Um, she's like, look, we don't need to talk about nothing. Um, I don't need to know what you do at the moment. Let's just let's just get down with the get down. Like mm-hmm. you know, there's no, there was no. Well, what are we gonna be after this or anything like that? Now, who knows what happens when they wake up on the next episode? Um, but it was just like. No, we let's let's get the people a sex scene real quick. We don't need no plot development with this. This is just it's just pure fan service, um, and it didn't make it weird. The only thing that was weird was like how long the 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 camera loomed on that the the subway car or the train. Mm-hmm. I was like I I was waiting for something else to happen, and that I was yeah, like you you could have gone to Chicago, right? You could have gone to the credits by now, um, but yeah, that's where that's where the episode ends. Um, like I said. Uh, it was cool, but it was a little flimsy. Um, yeah. And we did you see the the preview for the next for next week? Uh, if I did, I don't remember. I'm sorry. It it looks like they're going back to another uh, another Grand Theft Auto mission because uh, there's a lot of guns in broad daylight. So <laughs> somebody another like another podcast. The only other power podcast that I listen to after after we record ours disclaimer we ain't biting over here um we i think you kind of made this this comparison um it was either last week or the week you know the first week this is kind of like tommy in a video game this is grand theft auto tommy edition Mm -hmm. where you got your main story and then like he does these these crazy ass side missions where by the time it's over he's got like four or five stars um, but that's what next week's episode looks like. It looks like another Grand Theft Auto mission where a bunch of shenanigans that shouldn't be happening in the middle of the day happen. Uh, but what, what's your final takeaway? I don't know. Like I said, average episode, nothing spectacular for me. Uh, I think we got a little bit backstory. Is, I mean, the biggest thing I got, we, I guess we got is backstory from the CBI and um, Flint Beef. That's not just about color. There's also some actual people who have died or been hurt as a part of this beef. And it's not just about racism. Uh, So that was like the biggest thing. Um, And, but you know, for me, it was just a lot of filler episode. I didn't really get anything great out of it. Uh, It was still fun ish, uh, but nothing special. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's where we're going to wrap it folks. You know who we are. You know how to find us. Uh, Let us know what you thought about the episode. You can hit us up on our social medias. He's the PLP podcast or search car- conversations with Carlos D. Mm-hmm. I am off the clock podcast, O F F T H A clock pod. And um, join us, converse with us. I'm going to piss somebody off. Conversate with us. <laughs> and we will, as for myself, Triple D, Carlos and my co host. Sorry, bro. I messed up. No, you're f- good. Closing. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, I'm, I'm Triple D. And I'm Carlos D.